This is going to be really good this morning. I'm excited about this message. Um, 31 kingdoms. We're going to be talking about Joshua. Say 31 kingdoms. 31. All right. We'll get to that in a little bit. All right. Let's, let's just start rolling here. So the first slide says, kingdom requires courage. All right. So say that one time. Kingdom requires courage. All right. Courage. Do you guys know what that is? You do. Kingdom, we know what that is. We've covered it a bunch. If you, if you need to start over and learn the basics, we can help you with that, just not today. You're, you're, in, you're behind already, but we're going to be okay. Kingdom requires courage. I think it's assumed. We understand that that's part of all things that are part of God. It's like when we think of God, it's, it's usually we think of his people and what they've done. And usually when we think of our heroes and the faith, we think of people who are courageous. So we know it's kind of basic, but I want to I challenge us today that courage is not a thing that we turn on when a moment arises. Courage is a fundamental fabric of who you are as a Christian. <laughs> help Grant out. <laughs> That's all right, Grant. We got to help you out, buddy. Yeah. He's taking notes. See? Follow Grant. He's doing it. All right. So kingdom requires courage. It's not something you turn on when a moment arises. Courage is something that's, that's core to who you are when you sign up to be a, a kid of God's. Because all of a sudden, when you sign up to be God's kid, when you say, Jesus, I want to accept you into my life, what you're saying is, I want to function in a way that is in alignment with you no matter what is going on around me. I'm in a place, wherever that place is, this place may or may not be helpful as it relates to me fulfilling your purpose here on earth. So therefore, if I sign up to be part of your kingdom, I'm signing up to be in agreement with you no matter what. That takes courage. That takes courage. Christianity is not like this simple thing where you sign up for it and then things just smoothly transpire from that point forward. There's this other reality that goes on, and oftentimes I think we think of ourselves on a scale of one to 10 with courage. I don't care who you are in the room, there's very few of you, if I was to sit you down and go, hey man, how courageous are you? You're not gonna jump to 10, usually, usually. Usually you're a four, maybe a five. You've had moments of sevens and eights, but if I was to say, what's a 10 look like for you? You're probably gonna say, I have an idea of what it might be, I just have never gone there. Or maybe I had this one moment where I felt like I did this amazing thing. And I just want you to understand something. The DNA that you have been grafted into when you signed up to be a child of God, when you signed up to be part of the history of Israel and the part of the God's kingdom where he has selected a chosen people, you suddenly have the DNA of, of 10, 10, 10, plus, 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 Moses, Elijah, Jesus, these are your family, and you've said, I want to be in line with them. I want to be part of their family inheritance, their tradition. So the fact is, you have 10 DNA. The reality might be you're not aware of it yet. All right? So we're going to do some work this morning. So you're going to leave here with some courage that you didn't realize you had but it's going to start to surface. It's going to bubble out of you. It's going to go from like way deep inside because the truth of who you are is who the spirit man in you is. 
And that person has to take over and become more and more powerful, more and more prevalent. It has to have more and more control in order for you to act in a truly courageous way at all times. And if you're not courageous, if you're not, you're like, hey man, I'm a two. I like being a two. There's some tens I hang out with. They're great. I just like to slide in behind them and like be a cheerleader. I'll tell you, that is not how Jesus thinks of you. He loves that you could get strength and, and power from encouraging someone else who's brave and courageous, but he's waiting like this. He's looking at you. You're kind of short, a little dark, a little thin, and he's like, you can do it. Like the best version of you, little ViewSonic, is a version that has courage all over you. Like you don't actually even know that you're courageous because you're so defined by acts of courage at all times. You're a different person when you're really surrendered to his spirit. And so there's an assessment that needs to change about your true nature. People probably have told you you're passive, you're timid, you're fearful. You may have looked in the mirror one day and been like, hey passive, hey timid, hey fearful. It's, it's not a good day, but you're gonna get better. You may have had those moments. When you were a young guy, you may have had like, the, I need to talk to that girl, but that takes a lot of courage, so therefore I will not. And then you'd see the courageous person talk to that girl, and you're like, wow, I wish I had that courage to talk to that girl. In hindsight, you're really glad you didn't, but you get it, you get the point. <laughs> the, the nature of the person who's forward, who's aggressive, who's brave, oftentimes is celebrated. They become leaders, they become championed in our culture, and you often find yourself comparing yourself involuntarily to these other measures of courage. And the truth is you need to compare yourself to no one. You need to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, who am I truly? Like what is the version of me that is fully on? Not one, two, or three, but fully 10. What would I look like today in this season of my life with all of the things you've assigned me to do, and yes, I'm on assignment, I'm not here by accident, so you said in your, in, in your plans for me a long time ago, I was gonna be here in Berkeley in 2023, into 2024, and I was going to do something of value. So God, what would the 10 out of 10 version of me look like where I'm constantly leaned into your prompting, your voice, with a ton of courage fueling me? And if you're not that, if your instinct is to go, oh, I'm not that, I'm so sad, <laughs> I'm not that, we're gonna stop that today. We're gonna change our approach to ourselves and we're gonna decide that who we've been is almost irrelevant because who we're supposed to be and who we're already empowered to be in here is a different version of ourselves a version where we're bold to do anything God prompts us to do. All right. So, we're looking at a kingdom that requires courage, and we're going to look at one example. And guys, you could literally pick up the Bible, open it, and you could tell yourself a story out of the Bible on every page of courage was modeled for you. There's so many courageous acts and it almost feels like God doesn't do anything with humans unless they have courage in them. You say, well, I, you, like, where's the, th like, 
remember faith is kind of part of this thing? Faith is an act of courage, fundamentally. You say, well, no, like, if God uses those who are, have great faith, I say, yeah, but what if they had zero courage? Could they have great faith? I actually don't think it's possible because in order to have great faith and believe in God to do great things, you actually need to be standing like in a place of courage that agrees with that faith. There's no faith that's like, oh, this is simple. It's like, they're, they're, like no, that's a no-brainer. There's no, no question about is it a, a supernatural or big thing that God can do. That's, faith is not required. So God is not necessarily there and in it. And the life that you can live where 99% of your life doesn't require courage would be a really disappointing life. I mean, you're really good looking and you have really great friends and you have good income and you have good promise. But what if nothing that you do requires great courage, requires great faith? Would you look back on the whole story of your life and go, wonderful success, just as scripted? Or might you look at it and say, man, I wish I was bolder, braver, and more forward, leaning into the voice and prompt of God, like all these people I'm meeting in heaven. I'm here now. There's some really cool people here. Oh, it was you who did all these amazing things, Noah. You built a boat. Tell me about that. How much courage was involved? You go, no, no, no. Noah was just crazy. He was just doing a weird woodworking project on the side. No, no, for years, he was building a boat in spite of everything all of his culture told him he should be doing. He was acting counterculturally, totally in like absolute faith. That takes courage. Maybe you're meeting Mary, the one who got pregnant without getting pregnant in the natural way. Maybe, maybe you're talking to her and you're like, how did you, you stay in a mentally healthy place when all of a sudden there's a baby showing up? How did you not just run out of town and completely abandon everything you knew because it was so shameful and scary? Your culture said that you should be outcast and destroyed, basically. But you stood there and you stayed in agreement. That took so much courage. There's not one story, guys, without it. All right, let's look at Joshua. So let's start. First slide. God's message to Joshua. I'm going to read some Bible to you so you can follow along up there. Are you ready? Yes, you're ready. Here we go. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. That is not a glamorous title, by the way. Moses' assistant. That's how the Bible remembers Joshua. That's how Joshua was probably regarded. That's how Joshua probably felt about himself. He was the assistant to the guy that did everything. Okay. And so God starts talking to Joshua, and he says, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you as I promised to Moses. 
from the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea in the west shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. All right. So think of this for a moment. All you've done is kind of, you've been Moses' right-hand man. But there was no speaking part. There was no action that you took. You were there watching Moses do wonderful and mighty works that required unbelievable courage, unbelievable trust, unbelievable faith. And you're out there in the wilderness with all of God's people, and all of you go, what are we going to do now? Moses just died. And so God shows up to Joshua by himself. There's no audience. And he says, hey, been watching you for a while. It's your turn. You are going to take the people where I promised Moses would take them. Okay. Just put yourself in that situation for a moment. How much fear, how much trepidation, how much concern flows over you when you hear those words. Now, God does say, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, and just like I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Hopefully that makes you feel better, but let's look at the next slide. This verse continues, and he says this, be strong and, say it, courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous. It's interesting. Then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and do not be frightened. Okay, just for emphasis, the opposite of courage is frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. All right. Massive assignment. Un doable assignment for someone who has literally hung out in the tent of meeting and followed Moses around for 40 years? Is he qualified to lead the people of Israel in war against whoever happens to be where they're going? And they know there's people there. So I want you to consider the nature of God's invitation to Joshua. This is not something anyone in this room signs up for. You might think you're a 9 or a 10 on the courage scale at your high, high moments. But when asked, now you go lead these people to war, having had no previous experience, what's your answer? Your answer is, I'm not qualified. Your answer is, this is a little crazy. Why don't you just wipe them out and then we'll walk in? 
The answer is, I'm not comfortable here. I don't think you got the right person. The answer is, I think I should be taught some more things before you tell me to take this next step. The truth is, I'm too short. I've looked around, there's people who are taller and stronger. Some have louder voices, some are more qualified academically. I have a cousin, he's great, you should talk to him. I'm really not pretty enough. I don't have all the things that people admire when they think of looking at a leader. My hair's not long enough, my eyelashes are too short. I don't look as good as I'd like to look. I think it's a bad day. Wait a second, God, I think you are talking to me in my head. Maybe this actually isn't you. Maybe this is my ambition and my pride. Maybe this is my voice that is saying, it's time to lead these people now that Moses is gone. Maybe I don't know you at all after all, because you would never say something this crazy and bold to someone as small as me. I'm really not qualified. And I've seen some of the people you're telling us to go conquer. We're short. We're small. We're little. They're tall. Sounds like a kid's book. That's what I do all day, guys. Just, just be patient with me. I got five of them. It's going to be like 15 years, and then I'll start talking like an adult. I want you to think about your life and think about the promise that God would have for you if you were courageous to attend. Not if you were qualified to attend. Joshua is not qualified. He has no qualification, and frankly, neither do the people of Israel. They really don't. This is too big of a uh, task. They're militarily not significant enough. The idea is let's physically go in and destroy the people that are living and encamped, established in the places that God is telling us to go. So just think about that for a second. We want to take over, let's pick on Elijah's house. Elijah has a nice house. He lives in Berkeley, California. He has a front door, windows are closed. It's made out of something, probably wood, probably stucco. He's lived there a while. He knows his way around his house. And Alex and Jawen behind him have been told by God, it's time for you to take over that house. <laughs> there are people living in that house. They are bigger than you. They're stronger than you. They're more fierce than you. They actually have fought wars. You've wandered around in the desert for 40 years. But Alex and Zhao Wen, they're crazy with courage. They're like, God spoke to us this morning. Alex wakes up Zhao Wen. Zhao Wen, stop sleeping in. It's time to get up. And he said, God gave me a dream. We're supposed to go take out Elijah and, and cut his head off and ruin everything that he has established. But we're going to get his house and his land. God said it would happen. And she says, you know what? He told me the same thing in the same dream last night. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. That's how she talks to him. <laughs> Let's go. We're going to crush him. But how are we going to do it? I don't know. What weapons do we have? I don't know. Let's see what he tells us to do. And he, they, they, they sleep on it for a day, and he's like, all right, tomorrow, go on in. Well, what do they find when they get there? They have the courage. They muster up some recruits. There's like a couple people back there. It's Katie. 
And Alex is like, I like the name, so let's get Alex. We got two Alexes and a Katie. All right, we're going to go take them on. But what they find is they find a people that they're encamped, and they actually know they're coming. So they shut the door, they get ready with their weapons, and they're ready to fight. Who wins that fight? Almost every time in reality. The person that's in the trench waiting for the enemy to come. That's natural. That's normal. The person who's established, entrenched, prepared for someone who's coming, unless there's some superior technology, usually in a hand-to-hand situation, the person who has the benefit of the land is the winner. But there's something else going on here. God has said that this is what he wants them to do. And he said that no one is qualified to stand against you, not because you're smaller, but because I am with you and I have said I'm going before you. And this is where I go, I wish God were different and I wish this weren't how Christianity works. Because the amount of courage required by Alex and Zhao Wen to fulfill this ask that God has made of them requires that they disassociate from reality they stop, they stop assessing their natural situation, and they just look at him. They don't even look at them, because if they looked at him, these three, they'd be like, no, 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 no. Jawen, you might be okay, but Alex is going to get crushed. They're going to take him out quickly. Jawen, trained martial artist, right? No? Okay, well, whatever. But we, we stop, we stop, absolutely stop, like completely stop, going, okay, how are we going to get this done? That question is almost defeating because if you answer it honestly, you know we're not going to. We can't. So there's something in those who are sent by God to do great and mighty works that allows them to see him, hear him, and know that whatever he says will always be accomplished. All that's required is that I walk in agreement, even if it costs me all that I have. You see, when Alex and Zhao Wen started their march towards the encamped group over here, these guys had axes, flaming torches, shirts are off, and war paint on their face. They were ready. They looked at them, and they were oddly courageous because there was something in them that was in agreement with the voice of God. It's not that their weapons were just as good or just as strong. In fact, they didn't even have that level of weaponry. There was something different in them. And this is the nature of the call of God on all of our lives. It's a call. It's a request. Remember, God had told Israel that they were going to go into the promised land. How many years did they spend in the wilderness? Forty. It's it's typical of a whole generation. So there was a group of people who had been enslaved in Egypt, beaten down for decades, probably hundreds, it's hundreds of years. They were reprogrammed and rewired to be submissive, broken, and weak. God takes those submissive, broken, I would say not very courageous by nature at this point because they've been broken, And he takes them out and he says, I am your God, you are my people. Believe me, 
I have a land prepared for you. The problem was that whole generation couldn't muster that faith. They were looking at themselves and they were looking at this weird path God was leading them through. And they were saying, surely this won't work out. And God knew it. He looked at them and he was like, it's not what these look like. It's what this looks like. And I hear your internal monologue. I hear your conversations with your family and friends. And I hear, hear that courage isn't part of your DNA yet. But I'm going to march you around and I'm going to show you all these wondrous things that I can do. Hopefully, it spurs courage in you. Because that's what I need in order for you to go into the promised land. You can't go weak, passive, afraid. We have to change that part of who you are. Unfortunately, for that generation, they had never got there. And so it's this next generation, Joshua. And God says, I had to wipe out all of your forefathers. Literally not one of them that came out of Egypt is going to go into this season of war. Because they weren't courageous. They didn't have the faith to go to a place of impossibility. They saw impossible things happen, but they couldn't do it in themselves. But there's something different about you. Joshua, you're actually less qualified than Moses was. Moses had history with me. You were hoping that we could do this while he was here. But now this is about you. And I see that you have a different DNA, although you don't have the experience. And that's all I need. I just need this little mustard seed thing in you that's small enough but real enough to be the anchor upon which I set course for everything that comes. And so here we are today, all of us with our relatively normal lives, and I want to ask the question, how big is God's dream for you, and are you willing to go to a place of 10 courage in order for you to agree with his dream, or are you waiting for some Superman transformation where you come out, go in Clark Kent, and you walk out of church on a Sunday, and all of a sudden you're a new face, new person, new body, new mind, everything's different, and now I'm qualified to do the God life. No, no, you're all, all going to walk out of here the same way you walked in, but there's something in here where you can actually start to turn your heart to agree with God that you might just be crazy enough to make me do wonderful things to use me to go crazy places, to invite me into places that maybe my family would never have gone or my academic qualifications would never have sent me, or maybe it's a workplace that's so dark and heavy with, with expectation and demand, but, the, but you might send me somewhere and I actually could be empowered to change it all. Because I realize it's not me after all. It's never been about me. It's just about agreement. So let's look here. This, this is the key passage. And I just want to emphasize one thing. He says, be strong and courageous three times. This is God to Joshua. So let's go to the next slide. Now we're going to see what Joshua turns and tells Israel. Okay, so Joshua took it in. He took the message. That's awesome. Now what does he do with it? All right, let's see what he does. He goes to his leaders and he says, whoever rebels against your orders and dis disobeys your words, whatever you command shall be put to death. <laughs> Only be strong and courageous. Oh, there's something intense that
that's going on here. He's saying we need absolute agreement from every member of our team. We have to be absolutely in line and on the page that God says we're supposed to be on. And be very courageous too. You see, there's something about walking with the Lord. When you're a baby, he's gracious. He picks you up. And he's like, we're walking together. And you're like, I'm walking with the Lord. And you have no idea. Your feet are like ten, six feet off the ground. He's holding you and you think you're walking. But eventually you get to where he's like, okay, you've been with me a while. Let's go together. Hold my hand. And you're walking. And you're like, I'm walking. This is amazing. But you're a baby. And you don't have balance. Then you get to a point where you're not a baby anymore. And God's like, I want you to walk with me. And he lets go of your hand. And he asks you, will you walk with me wherever I say we go? And what we often do when we find ourselves, this is Christians, by the way. This is not like people who don't know the Lord. This is Christians. It's we waver in our heart from being in sync, with, in, in line, in step with Jesus. And we'll just, we'll veer off either out of curiosity and attraction to other things, or we'll veer off because where he steps and where he goes seems a little odd or maybe even scary. And so for Joshua, and this is a pattern throughout the entire Old Testament, there is this radical expectation that everyone is completely aligned with the word of God. Whatever he says. Remember the law, how specific God was, how detailed he was? Remember in the last passage? It's interesting, God tells Joshua, I'm gonna send you, go be very strong and courageous, read my Bible what he says. He didn't say that exactly, but he said, read my laws, meditate on them, hide them in your heart so you'll succeed in being courageous and bold. It's interesting, but there's this thing that God demands where you wholeheartedly, with your mind, your body, so your body is your actions, what you do, but in your mind, in your conversation, and then in your soul with your agreement where you actually, in your heart, say yes. You see, I've been in that position where I've said no in my heart, but I've done it with my body. And you know you're just not there. You're not in agreement. I've also been in the position where I've said yes with my heart, but my, I couldn't get myself to do what God said I should do. And I want you guys to understand this core principle. When God speaks to you, when he prompts you, and he says, these are the principles and the ideas I have for you, when he convicts you by his Holy Spirit and says, hey, just don't, don't do this. Stay away from that. Go do this. Spend your time on that. Trust me here. Stop questioning me there. As soon as you can get into absolute alignment, you find yourself capable of being strong and courageous. See, the courage and the strength come from agreement and empowerment from God. I'm in alignment with his spirit, so his spirit empowers me to do wonderful things. But when I forget about his word and I forget about his promise and I have a little bit of compromise here and I, a little bit of agreement with someone other than him there, I find myself being torn and pulled subtly and sneakily by things that are contrary to courage and strength. And so for you, you have big dreams. I hope you have big dreams. I hope you have dreams for yourself that require God's intervention. I hope your dreams aren't just, I'm qualified to do this and I will be successful in the world standards there. I hope your dreams include things where I have to have God 
work through me in order for this to work. That's the dream life that God has for you. That's the real life, the full life that God has for you. But you have to devote yourself wholeheartedly to being in agreement with his word. And so you go, yeah, I love this. This is awesome, Vince. I totally agree. When God speaks to me, I'm going to agree. Okay, do you read your Bible? No, but it's going to be really good when he starts talking to me like he did Joshua. I'll tell you, he's given you real practical tips, real simple steps. You have to start by meditating on and devoting yourself to the law, his word. That's what he told Joshua. Couldn't he have just talked to Joshua? That's often our kind of thing. It's like he was talking to Joshua. He'll talk to me when it's time. It's like, no, Joshua was, was devoted to his house. He was devoted to his word. He was setting himself up to yield. And so, guys, take the practical steps. Do the practical things. Read that Bible every day, and you'll have courage when you need it. All right, let's go to the next one. The only problem with this story is that this is not where it ends. The story continues in the book of Joshua. We talked, we said today's called 31 Kingdoms. Joshua and the people of Israel were asked by God to go start following me and let's start taking this land. The problem was there was 31 kingdoms that they had to conquer before Joshua died. 31. Go to the next slide, Alex. There they are. 31 kingdoms, not people. These were the kings of each of the kingdoms. God didn't forecast this when he's like, Joshua, we're going to go take the land now. And there happens to be 31 entrenched people groups that live, farm, war, and are going to fight to the death over that territory. This was the assignment. Maybe part of Joshua understood that there was a big road ahead. Maybe he was thinking about Jericho, which is the famous and first stop on the way. And he's like, this is going to be hard, but once we get in there, everything else will kind of line up. The truth was the rest of Joshua's life was spent leading God's people to war. It's a crazy assignment. But the beautiful thing is if you go to the next slide, let's look at the last slide there. This is the result. It says, thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to their ancestors that he would give them. And having taken possession of it, they settled there, and the Lord gave them rest on every side. Say, rest on every side. Rest on every side. Rest on every side. Just as he had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. There's this, this unbelievable process that we go through where we get saved, we say, I want my life to be God's because I think that's best in the most fundamental, sincere, simple, childlike manner. And then we start actually walking with him. He carries us for a season. He walks with us in hand in hand. But then we get to where we're, we're tasked to walk with him. And that's when he turns and says, let's take some territory. You're now on assignment. You're not a baby behind me, and I'm doing everything for you. You're a warrior with me and sometimes ahead of me. But what, is, what matters is that you are doing 
what I'm asking you to do. And for each and every one of you, there is not one that doesn't have a kingdom in front of you to conquer. And so I want, over the next couple of weeks, I want, we're going to get into some specific things that may or may not be like anchors for you. But I want you to begin to ask yourself, what does courage look like fully expressed in me? Like, that is the foundation. We can get into what some of the kingdoms are, the challenges that, like, define our culture and us. But I'm more interested in a people that just start to embrace courage, regardless of what mountain is in front of them. Because the nature of this call is that you will win. The nature of the fight that God puts in front of you is that you will win if you do what? Be courageous and strong and stay in agreement with him no matter how big the enemy seems or how strong the resistance is. And so I, I am so excited about this group and I want you guys to understand the call of God on you is very, very high. His interest in you is really, really big. He wants you to be absolutely empowered on two levels. One, to conquer the enemies that have defined you and your family. Those are real. You have inherited things that your family has struggled with for generations. You are designed to conquer those enemies. There's certain things that your parents love you, they love you so, so much, but they have no idea that they were partnered with, in agreement with some of those voices and some of those things that actually brought compromise to courage and strength into your family. You see, you're supposed to be joyful, kingdom, but kingdom requires courage. And for many of us, we don't have kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. We might have righteousness, but we're working on peace. Peace is tricky. And joy, I don't know what that feels like. I like to laugh at things, but I, I'm, it's kind of mystical to me. You're supposed to live fully in that inheritance from day one. But you have to conquer the enemies that occupy space, that that. that compromise your ability to hear from the Lord and go with him. And so for you, you've begun a journey where you're not being carried by the Lord anymore. Many of you aren't holding his hand either. Many of you are walking next to him. And you're trying to stay like on, in sync. That's a band, Irona likes. Um, it, it's, it's like you're trying to stay in step, in stride. And I want to tell you, whatever you're facing that's trying to pull you away from that, it's not just about that moment and that thing. That thing sees who you are and who you're called to be. And it's trying with everything it has to subtly, in a sneaky way, just pull you off course and tell you you shouldn't be courageous and you shouldn't be strong. Because God is big enough. And the nature of the call is that it's the person who calls you that is the whole story. It's not just you and your abilities. If it were, this would be a silly, sad exercise. You guys would, we can't accomplish very much without him. But we are in line with the people of Israel. We're part of that family, and we're therefore empowered in the same way. So let's look at a couple scriptures just really quick. One of you puts to flight a thousand, since it is the Lord your God who fights for you as he promised you. Joshua, when he described the nature of Israel after they had fought all these fights, he kind of sums up how they won their battles. It's, it's because the Lord fights for you that you're able to win. It's not because you were so strong. 
And so just understanding that's a fundamental aspect of how we do all things in God. We just obey and we go with boldness. But God goes, hey, I'm going to give you this job. And you know, oh my gosh, this is, this is either bigger than me or this is a huge stretch for me. I'm not ready for this. But you know he was like, this is the one. And so what do you do? You, you don't have time to prepare. You just go and you, you go chest out, big, strong. I'm, I can do this. You agree, you say it. I can take this bold step. I can make this big decision. For you guys who are thinking about a wife at some point, there is courage associated with pushing away, and I can talk to the guys because I'm one. There's courage in pushing away, like by the face, girls that you're not supposed to be with. That takes a lot of courage because there's so much that feels right about a girl that comes to you and wants to be with you, but then God speaks and he's like, no. But it takes courage to go no. And it takes just as much courage to say yes on the opposite side. It takes a ton of faith to say, I believe that this is your idea forever. <laughs> forever. Ever. For the rest of my life, I'm going to be with this one person. And it's like children and family, and I don't even understand how this works. But I'm going to, with great faith and courage, sign up for something that you are saying is good. And I'll tell you, for some of you, like, oh, yeah, that's silly. That's a really easy thing. Some of you, you have divorce in your family for generations. And marriage is the craziest, scariest thing you could ever consider. Some of you have seen nothing but really dysfunctional marriages. So what type of courage is required to stand in agreement with God? You're overcoming an enemy to your kingdom, your peace, and your joy. Guys, every area of life, you see people that function really well in it. It's very natural for them. And then you look at yourself and you're like, why is this so hard in this arena? It might just be your, your conquest, the territory you get to take for your family for the first time. So there's that half of the story where it's like, I'm going to overcome things that have defined me and my people for generations. It's the other half of the story where you are going and bringing kingdom and life to people that wouldn't otherwise have it. And so it's not just all about you getting lined up and empowered. It's you creating a stage for other people to experience God and fullness of life in the same way. And so I want you guys just in this moment, I want to invite God into our hearts in a greater way. I, I look around the room, everybody here, you guys know the Lord. I, I see that. I know most of you and I, I can see the rest of you. You guys know the Lord. And so it's not about, do I know him, and is this all going to work out? It's about a constant return to the places that of maybe our perceived weakness. And we go, God, I want to invite you there. The areas that cause the opposite of courage and strength, I want to invite you there to speak to me. And I want to just say, whatever you ask, I will be courageous and strong, and I'll say yes. Whatever you ask. I can't see my whole future. I don't even understand fully what you're calling me into. Or, or what you're saying. But I'll tell you, he'll speak to every aspect of your life if you allow him. He has told me no to girlfriends. He's told me no to jobs. He said yes to jobs. He said yes to more children. He said yes to certain promotions and no to others. He said yes to live in a certain place. Yes to go to a certain school. Yes to take, take this group of friends. Yes to, or no to say, stay away from them. 
Why? Because I've invited him into all those spaces. Every one of those circumstances were very uncomfortable. But I was determined to get into alignment with him, knowing that if I was with him, walking with him, he'd empower me to do the life he designed for me to do. All right, let's look at this last one, and we're going to pray. Is there one more? Fear? Keep going. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of, of self-discipline. And let's look at the last one. The fear of others lays a snare, but one who trusts in the Lord is secure. All right. We'll spend more time on those next time. I, just, I want you guys to consider this. There is a version of your life where fear, insecurity, an inability to hear his voice and immediately go is completely wiped out. There's a version of you where when he speaks, you go. There's a version of you that when you see someone on the street and God says, I want you to heal them, you do it because you know his voice and fear and, and cowardice is not part of you because you're on a 10 on courage. You're on a 10 on strength and agreement with him. And so I want you to begin this morning to invite him into that space with you. Where am I not courageous, God? Is it in my witness with my friends? Is it in my boldness in the workplace? Is it in just following you with the fundamentals? Invite him to highlight that for you this morning. And then let's just agree that he will, he will start to challenge us. We're not saying God fix us. We're saying give me another chance to be bold. Give me another opportunity this week and I'll say yes and I'll do it. Some of you are going to be asked to like go talk to a stranger. Some of you are going to be asked to address something specific in your life. God will prompt you if you ask him. And so that's what we're asking. Start me on a journey where like Moses, I could follow you through my wilderness. And like Joshua, I can actually take some land. And he will. All right, close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's do it. Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much for the great pride you have in the people in this room. You're so proud of them. You've made them so well. You have such big dreams for them, such great, mighty works that require courage and strength. And so we ask that, like Joshua, you could call us into something that's bigger than ourselves. We ask that you would call us into something that would require you to work supernaturally through us. And so I pray for each one. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would rest on each one and that you'd begin to highlight the areas of their life where you want to strengthen them. And you want them to show more courage, more boldness, and more faith. And Lord, I know that you'll back them up because that's what you promised Joshua. That's what you promised us. That there is no enemy that can stand against us when we're in agreement with you. It is not about us. It's about you. And so we just declare those areas of fear and compromise are going to come down because, God, you're going to move in and show yourself mighty and strong. You're the same God, yesterday, today, and forever, and you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And so we just declare a new day is ahead of us, that, that we will be called into courageous acts, and we invite you, God, make us bold, make us brave, give us opportunities this week. We love you, and we invite you to take us to amazing places. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God wants you to know that he really, really is proud of how you've moved with him this far. Many, many of you kind of, sometimes it gets to where you're trying to figure out, is God working and doing things in my life? 
You continue to lean into him in your way, and he sees it, and he's proud. He loves the way you move, and he wants you to continue to move. And just eventually, you're going to move into a place where you conquer some things. And that's what we're here for. That's what we're here to do. Eternity will be great. While we're here, we're taking ground for the kingdom. And so do it with so much courage this week, guys. Ask God. Say, hey, show me how I can be bigger in my workplace. Show me how I can be bigger in my family or with my friends or even just with you. How can I do it? And he'll do it. He'll open some doors for you. So we're excited to hear about it. We love you. God bless you. Amen. That's all. Very cool. All right. Stand up. Say hi to people. Give them a hug. We're good.